What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. It is a wonderful Saturday morning, and uh, glad everybody is uh, up and about. Uh, hopefully, everybody is staying safe. It is uh, definitely crazy times out there, but uh, we keep moving forward. And in entertainment news, going to talk a little bit about uh, Star Trek Picard and all the cool stuff that's been going on with that show. I mean, it's it's an awesome show. I just got to tell you that right now. They did an amazing job with it, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Also, in sports... Shane McMahon is pretty much opening the door for Chuck Liddell to come on down to the WWE if he wants to be a wrestler. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. And, of course, we got, you know, Call of Duty and video game news. Call of Duty's new uh, Warzone Battle Royale and Plunder are freaking awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and talk to you guys a little bit about that. I also have a really cool guest on the show today his name is uh b taylor he's one of the artists that sings on the theme song for the xander effect uh he'll be talking a little bit about his single that uh that just dropped yesterday uh which is an amazing song by the way just to give you guys a heads up and we will get into that in a little bit but first here is jp castillo's reemplazo right here on the xander effect Hablando de mí Diciendo que sin ti no soy feliz Me dicen que solo hablas de mí Parece que eres tú la que no olvidas Pues baby cuando tú te acuerdes de mí Espero que recuerde las veces que rico te di Y baby cuando tú te acuerdes de mí Recuerda que te dije, verás como te reemplazo Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a sufrir Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a morirme Ahora es que yo voy a empezar a vivir Todo me va mejor desde que tú te fuiste Me paso con mujeres todo el fin de semana Si yo te di lo que tú querías, entonces pa' qué tú me llamas no te quiero en mi cama, no, no digas que me amas, que eso ni tú misma te lo crees, por favor deja el drama, ahora me la vivo gastando mi ticket, VIP, mujer y botellas, yo ya salí de mi estorbo, nada 
mí me atropella Me paso con esta, la otra, la amiga y aquella Y toditas son ellas Pero la que se crezca como te la dios en la estrella No estoy pa' compromisos ni pa' enamorarme Por fin salí de ti, quisiste engañarme Ahora yo me disfruto la vida Y perdona que así me despida Pero por donde mismo tú entraste Por ahí mismo encontrar la salida ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a sufrir? ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a morirme? Ahora es que yo voy a empezar a vivir Todo me va mejor desde que tú te fuiste Conozco tus malas intenciones No me importan ni tus opiniones Yo estoy bien sin ti, no te emociones Que tú no me haces falta Tú con lo mismo me harta de las cartas, ahora mi ausencia resalta, pues entonces tuviste que aprender chocando con la pared, yo te di todo y de ti todo fue al revés, ahora te duele cuando me ves con dos o tres, si yo te aconsejé, pero baby esta vez, yo no estoy pa' compromisos ni pa' enamorarme, por fin salí de ti, quisiste engañarme, Ahora yo me disfruto la vida Y perdona que así me despida Pero por donde mismo tú entraste Por ahí mismo encontrar la salida ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a sufrir? ¿Te crees que porque ya no estás voy a morirme? Ahora es que yo voy a empezar a vivir Todo me va mejor desde que tú te fuiste Sigue tu rumbo Que sin ti That was JP Castillo's Reemplazo right here on the Xander Effect. Man, that's a good song. See, that's what I'm talking about. Music is what it's all about, and music heals absolutely all. In entertainment news, Star Trek Picard is absolutely amazing i gotta tell you i've been watching the show since it began and i had don't get me wrong i had certain reservations i mean you know because we all we all see trailers and we're all under the impression that trailers you know they, they make trailers to be better than what the actual show is sometimes but in this particular case it's actually done a very good job the storyline is very is very uh interesting actually because it talks about how and these, these are all spoilers if you haven't seen the show yet or if you're planning on binge watching you definitely don't want to hear this but um the story is basically about lieutenant commander data's offspring uh, and that's to say that he's got he's got twin daughters actually by the name of Soji and Dosh. Both of these daughters are they seem completely human, but they're actually androids. They're art. They're 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 synthetics that they call them on the show. And w- the difference between these synthetics and and Lieutenant Commander Data is that they have emotions. They can eat they taste everything they have they have uh spit they have blood they have everything that humans have they're they're almost completely identical to humans with the difference that they're not humans they're out there they're machines uh so so far 
one of these two sisters, these two twin um, twin uh, androids uh, that, that are that are Data's daughters, uh, does she was murdered? She actually uh, was killed in the very first episode because apparently her. Her uh, her uh, her uh, programming activates when she's in danger. Something happens, and hers was activated because she was attacked in the very first scene of the of the of the show. Her instinct was to immediately go and find Captain Jean-Luc Picard, which she did. But unfortunately, when she found him, they found her. The people that are trying to kill her, they found her and destroyed her. So now these same people or, or whoever they are are going after her sister, uh, Soji. And here's the t- here's the kicker. The people that are trying to kill her are actual members of the Tal Shiar, Romulan, uh, uh, I guess, uh, covert group. But it's actually, what's funnier is it's actually not even the Tal Shiar. There's another group that's even more covert than the Tal Shiar that are trying to kill all synthetics because of some sort of prophecy. Now, this show, I'm not going to go into deeply into every single episode, but so far, it's gotten to the point where they've even, even another another person that decided to come back was uh, Seven of Nine. And... There's a mystery surrounding Seven of Nine because she's no longer a part of Starfleet. She's a part of some sort of a group called the Rangers or something like that that protect uh, people that Starfleet don't can't aren't, aren't aren't able to politically able to protect. So they decide to go ahead and go out and protect these people. Um, not much is known about what happened to Seven of Nine. Like last, the last that we heard, um, she was on Voyager. Voyager made it back to the Alpha Quadrant from the Delta Quadrant via some sort of uh, transwarp conduit from the from the Borg. But afterward, nothing was re- nothing's really told about what happened to the crew uh, as far as. Seven of Nine is concerned. There hasn't been any backstory to her as to how she became a ranger. Uh, one thing's for sure that uh, one of the characters from Voyager, uh, Echep, uh, was murdered. And Egypt was like a son to her, like because she, I guess she's not able to have children uh, because of the Borg implants or whatever. So Egypt was kind of like her adopted son, and Egypt had joined Starfleet. Well, Egypt got abducted by these, uh, these like people that tend to abduct Borg or former Borg, uh, you know, uh, humans or humanoids or whatever, and they they pretty much dissect them for parts. Egypt was one of those victims, and by the time Seven of Nine found him, he was already pretty much dead. Uh, so he died in her arms, and she took that very hard. So she became like this renegade uh, against against uh, these people. So yeah, it, it's a long story, but nobody really knows what happened to her and Chakotay. Like you know, when last we saw in Voyager, her and Chakotay were romantically involved. Who knows if things changed when they got back to the Alpha Quadrant? Who knows what happened? So many things could have happened in that whole thing. So I'm curious to see what happens. Seven of Nine. However, in this last episode that they had, uh, seems like they took over a Borg cube that was uh, that was pretty much uh, it was uh, uh, taken by the Romulans, and uh, during a coup by the by former Borg that were inhabiting the Borg cube, uh, you know, led by Seven of Nine, actually, uh, the Romulans escaped, and they actually vent- they actually like uh, they 
vented a bunch of Borg uh, drones that were in stasis, and they vented them out into the atmosphere because Seven of Nine took it over. But what's really interesting about that is that Seven of Nine, she when she was activated because she had to like link into the Borg cube and I guess she had to be taken over by I'm assuming the Borg queen that's confusing in and of itself but when she was possessed by the Borg queen one of the characters uh, that's in the show his name is Elnor which is kind of like uh, Captain Picard's protector he's like some sort of a ninja Romulan ninja warrior he's pretty he's pretty much of a badass character um he had stayed behind to uh, rescue Picard because Picard had to leave with uh, Soji. And uh, during that rescue, he stayed behind to cover Picard's uh, escape. Well, when he stayed behind, uh, you know, a lot of things happened and he was pretty much trapped uh, on that board queue because the Romulans were hunting for him inside. Uh, then came Seven of Nine. She saved the day, whatever. But then she, when she when she uh, jacked into the board cube, she became like the queen in a sense and when she pretty much eradicated all the Romulans from the Borg cube and activated the cube she looked over to to uh, to um, Elnor and Elnor was a little bit freaked out he's like okay that's great you rescued me now what and so he kind of just looked at her and said are you gonna assimilate me and she thought about it for a second she's like no seven of nine's mission isn't over yet and they unplugged her what do they mean by that? I mean, is Seven of Nine being like, is there some sort of a, some sort of an activation chip inside Seven of Nine that she doesn't even know about? There could be so many questions to that. But of course, there are other questions going on engulfed with uh, Soji and Picard as to why exactly was Soji created. And Soji is considered the destroyer. That's why the Romulans are afraid of her. But the destroyer of what exactly? What's happening? So, so many questions still in this show, and they're making it more and more interesting every single episode. I highly recommend uh, for you guys to get the CBS Network app and uh, and pay the the monthly of nine ninety nine a month because it's really a good show to go ahead and binge watch, especially since uh, apparently we're not going to be going anywhere for a while. We're going to be stuck indoors for a little bit. Might as well go ahead and make the best of it and enjoy watching a really cool show like Star Trek Picard. And in talking about uh, watching and listening to good shows, uh, I had the opportunity to interview an awesome artist and a former veteran, B. Taylor. And he talks about his incredible story as to how he got from the military to potentially being an NFL player to the music industry. And we're also going to go ahead and talk about his brand new single featuring Doe Brown, It's On Me. So on the Xander Effect, I have BT, B. Taylor. And man, dude, this, this gentleman right here has done music with Flo Rider, Doe Brown. He is considered the Stevie Wonder of hip hop. What do you think of that? How are you doing today, B. Taylor? Man, I'm good. How are you doing, man? Thanks it's, for having me, Zander. Thanks for having me. Man, thank you for being on the show, man. And let me – so, okay. So, first off, let me go ahead and say thank you very much. This gentleman, ladies and gentlemen, is a veteran, is a U.S. Navy veteran. Thank you so much for your service that you did for our country, man. Let me start off with that. Thank you, bro. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. You know, it's a lot of great men and women. 
that have sacrificed since the beginning, you know, for our freedom. So I appreciate you uh, thanking us. Thank you. Appreciate no doubt. That. No doubt. And in saying that, how in the world did you go from serving in the United States Navy to hip hop, to getting into hip hop, to getting in the music industry? I mean, like, you know how to play four different instruments, the piano, drums, guitar, and organ, which I'm going to ask about that one in a second, uh, because that's a very, that's a very unique instrument to know how to play. Um, but how did you get into the music industry from the Navy? Man, well, you know, like I always grew up, you know, in church playing, um, playing instruments. I'm, I'm a son of a preacher. My dad was the preacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was always in over the youth and I had grandparents, you know, that were, my grandfather was a pastor. So we've been musically inclined and I grew up young, just playing instruments in the church. And so uh, when I, when I left, uh, I played college football at the university of Missouri and decided to transfer and was trying to go through school and went to go get ROTC and got active duty for the Navy. Um, I was just in the Navy, man, you know, it was kind of a different, unique situation. So I kind of just, you know, followed my pops and told me, hey, it's going to all work out. So when I joined, I was in boot camp over, you know, a hundred and some different guys from different backgrounds. They put me over to the recruit division and it was tough because for the first time, you know, I was always a leader type um, and played sports, but this was different because you had guys from like really, really tough backgrounds and, you know, tough, different you know, you know, just just all kind of attitudes and different things. And the thing about the military makes it great is you start to see how they break you down and showing teamwork and dedication and brotherhood to where you have all these same people from different backgrounds and different attitudes and different demeanors and different streets and one, you know, people from the country, from the mm-hmm. inner It's just crazy that they all work together, you know, how they break us down and get us all to work together. So, you know, I was in boot going through there, you know, week six um, in the middle boot camp, they found out I was a former athlete. So mm-hmm. I got the I recruit division commanders and chiefs told the higher ups, the commanding officer, and right, man, you didn't say nothing, you know, I was like, no, my dad just told me to keep quiet, and it was going to work out, you know, and, you know, so they were like, hey, when you get done with school, you're going to you finish at school, you're going to be talking to the higher ups at A school in Pensacola, where I did my A school and my training for uh, Pensacola, Florida, and stuff, and so um, I did my A school uh, for mm-hmm. Pensacola, Florida, and stuff, and so I did my, um, a school down in Florida. And so when I went to, um, I was in a school, I finished, I was at the top of my school at that school, um, with Marine Corps and the Navy. And then the next thing you know, I get called from the commanding officer of the NATTC in uh, Pensacola. Hey, you're going to meet the secretary of the Navy and the CNO, which is the chief of Naval operations and the secretary of the Navy from the Pentagon. They're coming here and you're going to be taking them on a tour. Um, cause you finished your top of your class. So, I got ready for that tour, man, and that was the first time I had ever dealt with Secret Service and wow. age, you know. Yeah, so I was like an E two, E three at the bottom of the talent pole in the military, and I'm taking them on tour, and uh, you know, I played basketball, and I actually got to guard the Secretary of Navy. Yeah, because you, you because stop. because you were playing yeah. you were playing all Navy and military team USA basketball. Yeah, so I hadn't made the team yet, right? So I guarded. The, uh, the Navy, uh, Secretary of the Navy, I blocked the shot on game point. 
And uh, and everyone was like, ooh, and the suit. And no, he said, no, that's what Taylor's supposed to do. So after that game, you know, I went to dinner. He had me for lunch, and he said, where do you want to go? He said, when I when you go to war, if I pull you back and put you on TAD, you know, I want you to play on the All-Navy team and the Team USA, but where do you want to go for football? Because I know you can go further. Do you want to go to the Naval Academy? Do you want to go? I said, well, I got a chance to go pro. Um, I know I could either be stationed in Chicago because you got the Bears and we got a base there, or Jacksonville, you got the Jaguars, you got San Diego, the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Can I be stationed in San Diego? And so he said, okay. So two weeks later, man, I'm getting a letter. He sent, I marched down to the commanding officer, Captain Jay, and I'm on the phone with the Pentagon, man, um, <laughs> with his advisor to the Secretary of the Navy, and they're writing letters. And I get this letter that nominated me for the All-Navy team and the team, military team USA, and then this other piece of paper to put me on TAD after the war, after I service early to put me to go to uh, the chart to San Diego to go to the NFL, to work with the NFL. So, man, I go, do all my things, play on the Team USA, play on the All-Navy team, do my bid during they pulled me back early off the ship and stuff from war and um, ship and kept me from going and longer. And so I get to San Diego. I'm getting ready. Got an agent. You know, Junior Seau at the time introduced me to <laughs> Brad DeLuizzo, who was nice. the kicker of the Giants, who helped yeah. me be a, get an agent. So I'm going to military and then training for football. On the weekend, I go up to Hollywood with a, my buddy, uh, Justin, that took care of me. I've been in the Navy before. It was real sharp. He was my buddy. We go up to Hollywood. We're at a function. Um, I, in this, like this setting, I play the piano because I grew up playing it. They hear me play. This dude approaches me with big hair. He's like, hey, man, my brother's famous. And my mom, that's her favorite song. Will you play this at the wedding and the birthday? I want you to meet my mom and brother. So I go with him. He ended up being Snoop's baby brother, Bing, and I meet Snoop. His mom, Beverly Exhibit, was there. Not to be, it was crazy, you know. It was crazy, and um, and everything. And so he ended up coming back. He ended up. I go to meet him, and uh, and Snoop. They asked me, "Can I play at the wedding and the birthday? Would I like to come up to a party?" And um, and I go up to a party and stuff. And um, I go to the party. I go to the party, drink, party. I go to the party and um, everyone's there, man. And then uh, next thing you know, I'm he calls the base and I'm end up playing at Snoop's mom's birthday and her wedding. Yeah, her operating ribbon in the sky, and uh, you know, at the birthday and I go to the party and Snoop had this party and everybody's there and I'm with Bing and uh, we play at her birthday and then she asked me to play at her wedding. So I go play at the wedding, man, and they called the, the command, started finding off. And the uh, again, the um the commander started the uh the commander started um um you know, they start going, What the heck is up with this dude? you know, and, and like so I'm in the studio getting ready for the wedding. I've never been in the studio before ever and in comes I meet Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two and Jimmy Eat World, and they asked me to go Damn. to their yeah, dude. They asked me to go. I went. I was guest at Jimmy World. I met my man Jake Straw. Those are, those are some there. of my favorite bands, by the way, that you just mentioned. Like all, pretty yeah, much all three bro. of those right there. <laughs> yeah, bro. So I meet them, man, and Jake Strauss takes me in, man. Who happens to be one of the most? He's a legend in the tour. He runs a lot of tour security. He's with Sean Mendez now, but and he's always running blinks and stuff. So he takes me in, 
Jimmy Eat World, man. So I'm with them at the Pop Disaster. I mean, Green Day and all these guys was in the Navy. They were so great to me because I was in the Navy getting ready for football, man. And, and dude, and so I'm like, dude. So at this time, at, at this at this time, you're not even thinking about music. You're thinking more of playing football. You're not right, even right football. there yet. I was thinking, yeah, you know, I was thinking of, man, my Navy job and going to football, man, uh-huh. and getting ready for the NFL. So I get to that and play at this. I became friends with Snoop's family, his brother and his mom, was his second mom. So it's like crazy because on the weekends, they would come down, man. I'm like hanging out with Snoop's brother, right? And then, you know, it was crazy, man. I was getting invited. So I go, and I'm still thinking about football. Um, and I go to Eminem, had a concert. And Justin, my buddy Justin, was working a show mm-hmm. that was in the Navy. He was doing his part-time job working a concert. So we got there early. You know, we were military guys. And we had got there early um, and everything for the show. And Justin goes, the, the security comes to us and he goes, hey, um, and, uh, and he looked at us. He goes, you two there? And we're like, yeah, we're in the Navy. He goes, hey, man, um, come with me. I'm the security. So we walk with him to the back, man. And I meet Proof and D12. Wow. And Eminem. And so Proof was like, man, I said, you know, he was like, I was like, yeah. Um, I did this with Snoop and did this with everything. He was like, you know what? I want you to do something for me for D12, man. Will you do that? And I was like, what do you want me to do? He was like, man, I just want you to make some music in the studio. I heard you were talented. So, man, I'm still in the Navy. We hanging out all the time. We hanging out that whole concert with the whole Eminem camp, D12, you know, and and became friends with them, man. And I we go back to the base the next day and everybody's like, what? And because Justin... He happens to be with me at every time I'm hit going. You know, he was with me with Snoop in the beginning. He was with me with Green Day and Blink-182. Yeah. He was with me with Eminem. You know, he's my Navy buddy that was with me all this going. And so, you know, we go, you know, and uh, go to that. So my at this time, I warrant off their base. is like, what the heck? We got this guy bringing chargers on the base, getting ready for football. <laughs> he's on, going to music. They're like, what the heck? <laughs> And it was so unique. You they skipped a few steps. Like <laughs> yeah, they were like, you check in with a letter from the Secretary of the Navy as an E2, E3. You come in over here, you get here, get back. You're on the on to USA. You come here, you get here two weeks. You ain't being here two weeks. You meet Snoop Dogg. You're planning Snoop stuff. The next week, you meet Green Day and Blinger. You're there. And then all of a sudden, you're with Eminem and D12 at this company. You know, I'm saying you're you're, you're like, pretty much you're pretty much like what what happened with you is that it all happened all at the same time, all in at bulk. The same, <laughs> at, yeah, at the same time, man. And so I'm like, what? So I'm still focusing on music, football and military, even though I was befriending in that. So my parents had moved to Vegas, and I come and to Vegas, and so I got put into this. I had an agent, real estate agent at the time, that got me into this painted de- desert golf resort. And this golf resort was 55 and older. And so, yeah, I'm 24 years old. So, you know, I'm not 55. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, couldn't, I wouldn't be able to get in it, you know. But she got me into this elite painted desert resort in Vegas. Man, so I'm moving my stuff and um, there. And I was going to be going back and forth still, you know, going back and forth to San Diego and Vegas. And I had this uh, keyboard. And my, at that, I had an extra piano, so I was playing that night. So the next day, man, I come downstairs, and the neighbor, he was older. He was like, hey, man, I heard you playing. Thank you for playing that keyboard. That soothes my wife. My wife has cancer, and your oh, music man. was soothing. And I was like, man, I appreciate that. That's awesome. And then he goes, he goes, hey, speaking of that, 
He goes, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I was playing sports. I got a little music background work with this. He goes, honey, you the other's wife. He goes, honey, you always speak. There's a Motown legend that comes through here. He's one of the founding members. You always speak to his wife. What's his name? She's like, oh, I don't know her name. I just wave to the wife and speak. And uh, he goes, oh, I know his name. But he goes, they never, he goes, the husband never comes this way. Rarely he comes this way down the street. He goes, he lives back in here. He goes, oh, I got his name. His name, my neighbor goes, his name is Pete Moore. As soon as he did that, a gray Mercedes pulled and it was Mr. <laughs> Moore. And my neighbor hawked him down and Mr. Moore rolled his window down and he said, Pete, can you, Mr. Moore, you meet this? I said, hey, Mr. Moore, you know, I'm not the Navy. Football had great letters from the Pentagon and doing sports. I love what you've done for music. I've done a little music with some people. And so he said, you know what, kid? Here's my number. Call my secretary. She's going to let you in the house. I want to hear what you got. 45 minutes. So I'm running in the house, wow. getting everything together. I'm like, dude, I'm about to go down to Smokey, the founder of Smokey and the Miracles. First group of Motown founding forefathers, wow. man. I'm about to go. So he takes me into this room, man, Alexander. And I get into this room, bro. And he had every award and every Grammy, Hall of Fame, pictures with Sinatra to the Rat Pack. Wow, to that's Rose, huge. Yeah, bro. It was everything you want. World Music Wars, Rolling Stone, Tops, 500 songs. Everything you would want as an entertainer was in that room. And he took my CD at the time and he played. He said, I, what is this? I said, this is me as the artist and the producer and sing. He played two songs for 45 minutes. He goes, "You what? We you, who did the music? I said, I did. He goes, um, who uh, wrote? I said, me. He said, I mean, he looked at my military letters and my pack, he said, and my sports pack, he said, you what we've been looking for with the miracles. We've never done this. Get your manager, agent people on the phone. So I get Sam and the other, I'm like, Sam calls somebody like, hey, Sam, I know you ain't going to believe this. I've only been here. And I just bumped in. I'm at the house of one of the mirrors, Smokey and the Miracles founding so, members. So, of so, so real quick, slowly but surely, the football career was starting to fade away. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. little by little, yeah. starting to fade away. Starting to fade <laughs> away, point. man. And so, so I meet him, and he gets on the phone with my manager. Next thing you know, man, I call my mom and dad, and then we have dinner. I'm like, Dad, I got the legend. I took my parents to Earth, Wind, and Fire, to Cuba, all these. And the next thing you know, I'm with my parents. We with all the Motown legends, man, and the Gordy, Sherry, Gordon, Gordys. And Mr. Moore signs me. A couple months after that, a month later, man, I'm in the studio. I go in the studio, man. He has Mr. Gooding, Cuba Gooding Sr. in there. He has Bobby Rogers of the Miracles, him, Joe Jackson, Aretha Franklin's on the phone, BB King's wow. in the studio. That's my first studio session, man. I was with those type of icons. You were with the legends. Exactly, bro. First, so many artists been saying their life. You got two members of the Miracles, Cuba, the singer, the main ingredient, B.B. King, the legend of the soul, Aretha Franklin on the phone and um, on speaker, and then Joe Jackson. Wow. Man, you were – you. so at, at this point, I mean, I, I got to ask you, if you had to choose – I mean, regardless of all the outcome of all this that happened to you, do you regret not going pro in the NFL? No, man. You know, no, because when I went back, I didn't forget this. One of my coaches coached me at uh, Mizzou. He was the defensive back coach for the Chargers at the time. And I never forget this. There's a McDonald's that was down from the facility. And I was there and I was like, Coach Stewart, you know, I got all my stuff together. 
And, you know, I got the agent and um, football and the Chargers have been supportive and the Spanos wrote a letter. And at the time, A.J. Smith, who was the GM, he wrote a letter, you know, for me. And I'm like, man, this is a good cause for me to do. He was like, B, let me tell you, he goes, he goes, B, um, I go, what do I do? I go, what do I choose? And he said, you know, I said, where do I go? He said, B, you got a chance to be football. You've played sports your whole life. You've even made it all the way this far to let the Navy let you do this with the NFL and everything with the Chargers and stuff. But you got a chance to work with the Motown great. True. He said, don't be a dummy. That's You can change the world with the music, through music. You played sports Agreed. your whole life. You'll never get a chance to be with the Miracle. You'll never, ever get a chance to be with the founding members of Motown. You take it. And so from that, and other couple players was like, man, you better go for that with that music. You're with the founding Motown, the legend, Mr. Moore brought you into the Motown. Are you crazy? So that's when I made the choice, man. And look where I am today, man. I'm having just a blast and a bigger impact. And you know, I took this story back because when I checked in 2003, I started reporting and working with, you know, the Pentagon. And so, you know, when I took this back to, the Naval Office and the Secretary of the Navy and the Chief of Information Office for the Navy at the Pentagon, you know, it was like a great story because I had already had such a unique story in the military already. And then to leave the military and meet the founding members of Motown who had never endorsed a hip hop or urban act of this generation like this from the miracles, never had they done something like this with this. And so for me, to do that, it went kind of where it went all the way up the Naval office with the story and made its way to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs office, to the Secretary of Defense office. Next thing you know, man, uh, they're being gracious to approve me to shoot on aircraft carriers and do stuff with the military. And then I'm going to the Pentagon, you know, inside these offices that run our United States military and Department of Defense at the highest level and then performing for presidents, the Bush family on an aircraft carrier and their commitments of George H.W. Bush senior ship and the first library on the ship. I'm with the Bush family. And then yeah, I was going to, I was going to, I was actually, I was actually going to say that because I mean, because, because I'm like, you know, you went from a, a, a potential football player to somebody that has earned two Grammy nomination considerations in 2012 for your single Fire in Your Eyes, which is featuring yeah. star actress Polly Perrette. I mean, you have that. You went to number one on the Billboard's Hot R&B Hip Hop singles sales chart. You performed yeah. for the Bush family. You know, President yeah. and First Lady uh, uh, Obama, you know, I mean, yeah. for Ludacris, you've done so many things that it's doubtful as an NFL player you could have done all this. Exactly. You know, and that's what it was. It was like, you know, I was really trying hard, you know, and the Navy was working so graciously with me to let me, you know, work out for football and, you know, getting an agent and getting an opportunity and the Spanish family going to camp, you know, doing all this stuff to try to get ready. You know, that was a dream of mine. And, you know, the Navy was helping me as just a person and, a, you know, and, a, and just a, a man and developing and really supporting me with what I had. And, and, you know, and I'm thinking here, man, you know, this is so awesome for me to be in the United States Navy. And they've been great to me. And I, I'm getting to live a dream out football, even though I had a different detour than I thought I was going to take. And then the next thing you know, 
you position and you play a function from Snoop that changes your life to get into the founding members. Of it Motown, happens. It happens. Know? It happens in the blink of an eye. And not only yeah. that, not only that, what's really cool about you is that you still maintain uh, being a global ambassador of music uh, and entertainment for the U.S. military. That is really cool that you still never forget your roots. You never forget where right. you came from and you still, you know, you still maintain that for, you still represent the U.S. military. Right, right. You know, it was kind of, I was sitting up in the office and my manager, Sam, we were at the Pentagon one day and it felt kind of good. You know, we were with the, in the chief of information office and with some higher ups and admirals and, you know, it just felt great. They were just, you know, really supporting me and praising for my work and continue to represent, you know, the military and the Navy in a great way. And, you know, it, it made me feel good when they looked out and said, you know, hey, Sam, be been a great poster boy for the military and the Navy, you know, and I was like, you know, this is awesome. And then, you know, just to keep doing that and, you know, being this ambassador and advocate, and they've been so gracious to allow me, like I said, to do things on aircraft carriers, work with the vet, work with the military, work with the Navy, work with different military and, you know, and just the chairman's office, the different chairmen of the joint chiefs and their public affairs. And now with me working with, you know, the initiatives and directly with the Secretary of Defense and the Public Affairs Office of our Secretary of Defense and those. It's been an honor, man, and working even now with the, it led to me being with the VA committee and, you know, our forces committee, but the VA committee, you know, the chair, vice chair, Congress Blackridge and senior leadership of the committee to, you know, work with their task force and, and, you know, get their support. So it's just been like, man, it's like a dream come true, you know, to bridge the U.S. military with the pop, urban pop culture and classic Motown. You know, it's something that would never, if you would tell me I was going to do something like this, you know, I would look at you crazy, but it's something that will never happen again where classic Motown, the U.S. military, and urban pop culture are bridged the gap with one artist like this, with this story, so... You know, it's, it's been a journey, man, but it's, it's nuts because it's one hat you're, I'm sitting in here and I'm recording in entertainment and I'm with, you know, whether it's like with flow, support of the flow rider, doing this with Snoop or doing this with a Red Grant or doing this, you know, with Ray J or doing this with various, you know, people in the industry or Big Meeting, Big Sean or different people. And then I switch. And then the next day I'm at the Pentagon and the Secretary of Defense or Chairman's Office. You know what I'm saying? It's like two different worlds, man. <laughs> you know? No, but. no doubt. No doubt. But you but you've like been able to combine the two worlds, which is really cool. And I gotta tell you, I mean, you know, let's 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 go ahead and uh look at what's going on presently right now. Uh well, first of all, I, I mean hopefully we'll get uh Flo Rida, uh interviewed you both of you at the same time here soon. I first wanted to thank both of you for giving me the song night of your life for the theme of the Xander effect. I truly, truly appreciate that. It's a huge honor to be playing that song every single week as my intro to the show. I mean, that that song, when, when I, when it was first given to me, I was like, you gotta be kidding. (laughs) Really? I, 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 this is my song now. This is awesome. You know, no, man, close it. Good guy, Flo. That whole camp, man. From you know, Ron May brought me to Shotgun and Shotgun. I wanted to ask you. I wanted. To, I wanted to ask you. Yeah, how did you and Flo Rida get connected? 
my ma- so my one of my managers, Arlisa Jackson. So I've had my same managers from day one, which is rare in this business, you know, because people move on and don't be loyal. But I've had the same team since I signed in 2009 with Universal. And now hey, if it ain't, if it ain't broke, if it ain't broke, why fix it, right? Why fix it, right? You know, and it takes a special type of people to be able to handle and you know, man, manage me dealing with the Department of Defense and military that are high up and then entertainment and corporate. You have to have that management that are, you know, um, very knowledgeable and educated and very professional, at, you know, at what they do to be able to hand to handle the branding and the paperwork that goes if you're doing something with the Department of Defense and filling that mm-hmm. out and the packages that go with stuff when you're trying to do it. So it's complex. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's very complex. It's been great to handle and them managing something like this. Most managers, 99% of them just manage an artist, you know, that becomes an entertainment or actor or whatever, you know, and they deal with that world and corporate, but, and that's a lot, but they don't deal with dealing with the VA committee and the department of defense and the military and Very much the so. Pentagon. And like, that's a whole different world, you know, that by the book and no, no nonsense tolerant, you know, no tolerance, you know, they don't allow nonsense. So for my management team to have to wear hats and manage an entertainer and producer's career, but at the same time, manage my efforts with the DOD and veterans as a global ambassador and dealing with that, it's another world. So, you know, you know, I, I got a special management team, you know, a special group of Arlisa and Sam. And so Arlisa was out. She met one of Flo's road managers and then and lawyers and uh, and and they took me in. So they came out to Vegas. They were, Flo was out to Vegas. So mm-hmm. he he uh, said, hey, man, go meet the road man shotguns on the road. So he called him. I went and met shot, met Flo, right? Flo, then I noticed. His head of security, Big Zach, played ball with me like I did at the University of Missouri. Oh, of wow. Small world. Right. So we had common. All of a sudden, ever since I was four, over four years ago, ever since then, man, you know, they um, took me in. Next thing you know, I'm everywhere we are together, man. They got me at stuff and they just supported my stuff. And Flo is a very humble you know, yet so talented and big, but he's so humble, man. He's one of the most humblest cats you'll meet, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they kept this cool and they always supported what I was doing, you know, with the military and what I represented in Motown and the veterans and stuff. So, you know, great person. And so, you know, going into working on my single, it's on me that's out, you know, one of his artists, Du Brown, who's very talented, who grew up in Carroll City with them. And, and Du Brown grew up in his close to Ball Greasy and Slow and Ross and all, that whole circle of Carroll City over there. And so, so, that's how, so, so, so that's how you yeah. met Du Brown? Yeah, he's one of Flo. He's uh, managed by Flo's management, uh, Shotgun, and the, it's the strong arm team over there. So he, uh, we wanted to do a song. We did a song, a song called Bad Boys originally. And we are like, man, this is tight. We got a chemistry. So then, you know, I was getting my album was done and I'm like, okay, how to put out a single. And so dude, when I was down in Miami for uh Super Bowl or Super, I was down two weeks. I was down for New Year's I was with Flo and Fifty for New Year's at Flo's Club and was with them for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. And then I came back for Super Bowl and we was all together for Super Bowl. And so when Flo had an event at his house, we had a pool party and Dude was there. I said, dude, we do was like, man, we need to do a record. We got a chemistry, man. And, and, you know, he was like, when Ball Greasy was there, he was like, yeah, man, you know, it's like, and Flo had Applebee. I was like, 
man, we need to do a record deal. And so I said, you know what? What was they were talking was like, yo, we're gonna be out in Vegas um uh uh this week coming up next week. And uh and so I was like, gosh, dude, I'm gonna bring you out early and we're gonna record that record early because Flo had a, a, a event with a corporate event at House of Blues. So mm. I brought you out a day early, right? We and the, how the stuff worked. His flight, he was late because of an accident, so he missed his flight, right? And so it was where almost we couldn't get it booked because it was so filled up. But my assistant got it booked, flew him out. We the studio session was delayed. Everything was changed. We got in that night. My man from '97.5 uh, came up. Uh, DJ Money came up. He's the DJ for the main drive time on '97.5 out in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came up, and I had the song in my head. Hook, dude came and wrote his verse. All of a sudden, we sitting there with D Money and myself and the engineer. They're like, "Yo, this record's crazy, right?" So I'm like, "Yeah, this record's crazy." And so D Money left. He was on the radio. He's like, "Yo, is that record's crazy, you guys?" So I'm like, "It ain't even mixed yet." So I'm like, "Man, let me um, let me turn this up a little bit and do what I do and let boy." And I was like, "Jay Bull, let's spice it." And whatever, so we can play this. He's like, man, this ain't me. I was like, man, just touch it. And we do a little bit. I know we got mixes. So the next day, Flo's doing this show, right? And I give the record before then, I give it to Chronic, his DJ. And Chronic heard it. He's like, okay, what's going on here? So right? at the end of Flo's show, Flav and all of them, Flav and Flav, everybody's on stage. Dude's here, dude's up at the top. He said he didn't know. No one, all of a sudden, Chronic drops the record when Flo's on stage walking and the band's up and everybody's looking at the crowd and it comes on and everybody's wow. like, what the heck? And they just, he just tested it. And wow. Everybody came up to me and dude was like, yo, that record is crazy. It's man. hot. It's hot, right? And so I was like, yeah. Next thing you know, man, I'm getting it. It's getting mixed and mastered. You know, I was sending it over to the label. Get the date. Get the stuff with BMG with Sony. All of a sudden, dude's like, man, I got this thing in Miami. They playing it in Miami. And then all the DJs start getting it and just that right now bubbling in Miami and stuff. And then Vegas got it. My man G6 here that uh, in Vegas, that's um, out of Vegas, that does a lot for Interscope and stuff. And mm. he gets it, gives it to DJ Nice. They plan it in different venues. I'm up here moving around. Then I went to Phoenix and, uh, my guy, guy who does Three Wise and they played a record for the first time. It was just like a natural, organic thing before it's even going out, and everybody's moving, and DJs are moving on the record. And no, like, it's, yo, it, and, it's it's bananas. Know? I mean, and I'm I'm curious. Uh, and also, Quest Cross got involved in all this, right? Yeah, yeah, that's Quest, man. I've been with Quest. We built my catalog up, man, with BMG, Sony for six years. You know, Quest. Um, even with Mr. Moore, he, he got it, you know, and Quest background coming from Convict Music and, you know, working with Black Eyed Peas and Akon and, you know, Ludacris and like Mike Ludacris. Yeah, Quest worked with a lot of people, but me and him had the same type of background and type of demeanor. And he was just like, B, he's like, you hot, man. You've worked with a lot of people. We got to build your catalog. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I was just building. And now, you know, Xander, I'm just so in demand. Like, I can't even take all the requests. 
coming in and you know questions yeah that, tomorrow. That, well, yeah that that's been a problem with you getting on my show <laughs> yeah yeah i know man. <laughs> i'm like i'm talking to quest and i'm like quest i need bt on the xander effect he was the one that he was part of the he was part of the the duo that created the theme song for the xander effect yeah, i gotta have him on yeah, here <laughs> man. yeah man i told quest and well, we got their quest and it's coming in and i'm here and then you know doing all this stuff and the album's coming a single moving here and then i'm requested producing over here traveling here doing my global ambassador duties getting ready to film with you know the tv show and stuff so i was like dang and so it just got crazy and then quest calls me and then he's like yo i got you on tomorrowland i'm like what <laughs> he's like you booked on tomorrowland you know i'm like what like tomorrow tomorrowland the biggest festival in the world he's like yes dude like I need you to do this music over for the DJs to remake it and your turn take the vocals and remake it. Cause we're going to release American version of all these records, this record with DJ McCaskey and Afrojack. I need you to do this over. And then tomorrow coming out in July, 2020 in Belgium, Yeah, July, bro. And they never had something like this. And quest calls. He's like, B you're on. We got you booked for Tomorrowland. Get with your management. I need to get with them. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, that's what's coming now, you know, and it's like freaking left and right, man. And it's like crazy. And this is what the legend told me, you know, Mr. Moore has passed on and Joe Jackson has passed and mm-hmm. Mr. Gooding, you know, all these some, a lot of legends that were made in the beginning, they passed on and discovered me. And they told me when it would line up. And I think the biggest thing is, Xander, for me is the biggest thing that I'm doing is when Congress Balakris, who wrote the cover act, and basically that says he wrote this act to say how veterans and military can choose how they want to choose to be healed. Through our, we have the choice through alternative um, healing with this new cover act that gives us the choice. And those healings are, you know, music therapy, art, yoga, Pilates, any other alternative healing within this bill. And so what they wanted to do, he's out, his district is Florida but is a senior member of the VA committee. And so of Congress. And so he said, you know, Hey, we want to have this one-stop shop type of place built in Florida in his district. So he brought me on his task force board with a guy that sits on my nonprofit board uh, named Ben Smet, who is a doctoral down at South Florida university and decorated Navy guy. And then another guy named Brian, who does uh, has a non uh, meditation and stuff veteran charity. He was a Green Beret, decorated Green Beret in Stanford. He was a Stanford grad and decorated Green Beret. So they brought us all together. Congress put us on this task force board because they knew we would get stuff done, you know. And, and then I went back to they brought me because I had a unique situation because I was in entertainment as well and had a platform of entertainment and sports. And my ties to working at the top of the ladder in, in Washington with the DOD, it was like, we got to bring B on. So I said, Congressman, you know, I live in Vegas. Everyone comes there. I have my nonprofit, you know, and two pro- the program I run for the veterans and troops. But can I make this another program to build this one-stop shop that would look like a 24-hour fitness, anytime fitness, a lifetime, a state-of-the-art. It'll have music. Classes, art therapy, yoga, Pilates, gyms, tracks, um, in and out patient, like neurology stuff, um, juice bar. It'll look like that, but it'll be one stop shop counseling for if you want to get your VA bill, uh, get need to get your uh, GI bill an education counselor, a counselor for if you need a home or um, temporary housing or you get your VA loan. They also have a counselor 
uh, crisis counselor. They have a one-stop shop of all the therapies, plus the gym, a hangout, game room for military and veterans and families to help with this transition so that they can help heal and have a place, a state-of-the-art that they can heal and have a one-stop shop resource. So I went to congressman. I said, can I open it? It threw my brand of the One Life, which the military supported from day one through my companies. It's called One Life. I said, can I call? I want to open it through my nonprofit, the One Life Wellness Center, and I can get it done in Vegas. I was like, everyone comes there. This would be great with the athletes, the entertainers that have this first facility of its kind around your bill that was passed to aid and be an alternative aid for the VA, for the U.S. military and veterans. And he told me, yeah. And there's even more people that are going to be showing up to Vegas now that the new Raiders stadium is built. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, if we do the first prototype here, then, you know, he, you know, we could then government get it. And now these become available around the country. So he gave me the authority. Yes. And I'm proud to announce that we're going to be doing this in Vegas and breaking ground this year. Um, And thanks to that's awesome. uh, Partners of mine, Natasha Moyes who uh, uh, is her father is Jerry Moyes, the uh, billionaire that owns Swift Trucking, the largest trucking uh, company in the United States, as well as SME Steel that builds the stadiums and who's part owner of the Diamondbacks and different things from her. She's part of this uh, wellness to build this. And Michael Lohan, Lindsay Lohan's dad, he has assembled a high net worth of billionaires and high worth people who have committed and we're gonna break this first of its art kind through my nonprofit called the One Life Wellness Center. I contacted a few weeks ago, Congress Lackers. I said, hey, Congress, I did it. It took me a couple of years, but I got it together. And we're gonna break ground here. He said, great, we get it. Then we're gonna write an official letter from the VA and our for- committee to invite the Armed Forces Committee, to invite President Trump, Vice President, as well as uh, the VA secretary on the breaking of this first of its kind, one-stop alternative healing for one-stop shop that will be available for military active duty and veterans and build the prototype. And that prototype that we are requesting with the president that this, after this prototype, it be made around the country and these One Life Wellness Fitness Centers. Wow, that is that is amazing, man. I'm very happy uh, that you got this all going because this is something that yeah. definitely is needed, uh, and yeah. and it's something that's well deserved to many people that served in the military, man. And so this is this it is, is, bro. And for me to do something like that, that uh, is for me huge. to be able to do something like that. It's bigger than the music, you know. That was my goal to rep- get something done for my brothers and sisters because I was able to go do something where a lot of guys didn't have the opportunity, didn't come back, a lost friends, guys yes. come back wounded or PTSD. Families, families have lost, families, lost, yeah. Yeah, families, yeah, families hurting, the trickle effect with wives and kids. So for me to be able to do something and change and build a first of its kind, working with Congress on this first of its kind around, his bill created um, that signed off to build this prototype one-stop shop of its kind, you know, for me as a person, you know, to have a legacy like that, it's like, man, you're building the first VA hospital or you're building the first YMCA to be able to do something is and and bring this together and be the one chosen to put this together and assemble the people to get this done. 
you know, music is one thing, but to do something like that in my lifetime, that my kids, 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 and the world will remember the legacy of building these things that will go around the country. I mean, that's it's an huge, honor, bro. That's you huge, know, man. Big, well, you know. well, well, you know, I'm sure that you know many many families will appreciate that, man. And I'm I'm happy that you're you're definitely uh, that you got this thing going for everybody. Now let's yeah. let's uh, let's talk a little bit about. It's on me. That song yeah, bro. <laughs> came out. That song came out yesterday. It's on all platforms as of yesterday. Yep. Um yep. and man, let me let me ask you how like how in the like this song is so awesome. I I heard right. it and yeah. we're going to be playing we're going to be playing it after the interview. Dude, this song yep is phenomenal it's phenomenal i love the song well, it's all about partying it's all about the vip yeah. rooms it's all about yeah. the clubs i mean is this was this the point of the song yeah yeah you know like when when i did it and then was writing about it in the hook and came with it like that and then you know do vibed off of do brown which is talented got a, a crazy voice just dope artist man really nice we was just vibing and i you know when i did it i was like because it was my experience of living in vegas and going to hollywood oh yeah party capital you know, both both, yeah, both places party capitals of the world <laughs> right right and then going down to miami and you know one thing every time you go around every club has vips yep and so you got girls and people that, you know, can't get to the VIP or this is that. So it's like, man, well, you know, dude, we know we're going to party. I was like, why don't you just tell the girl you want to talk to her? Instead of just talking and running and be like, hey, girl, get your, grab your girlfriends. Come on, man. Come to the VIP because it's on me tonight. You ain't got to worry nice. about nothing. If they serve food or alcohol, you can just drink up, have a good time. I know your feet be hurting. Nice. Cause it's on me and that's how the song came on because that's a true thing when it's you go true. to the club most girls yep. want to be at tables and sitting down and be able to let their hair down and drink up or whatever and if they get tired their feet hurt they want to be able to sit somewhere you know and sit on the couch so it's like girl relax enjoy yourself grab your friends we here to have a good time because it's on me and that's where that song came from you know with me uh, and then bring it in Du Brown on it, and uh, we just put it, and now it's just bubbling, man. It's a fire song. I know we got a, a oh man, it's amazing, record, man. Oh, it's amazing, man. Like I gotta tell you, yeah. like coming, talk, you know, speaking from experience as a former Hollywood club promoter for over ten years, that song mm -hmm. is exactly the description of what goes on in the clubs and how the females feel. Like I, I know about that from experience, so I definitely can attest to that. It's an absolutely amazing song, man. And and I gotta tell you, I love it. I love it. And so, I mean, Thank aside you, aside from that song being such a hit. Um, when are you going to be performing live? Like, when, when's your next concert? Yeah. yeah, so we got, so, you know, I'm going to be my city release. Uh, uh, I got releases in D.C., lined up Vegas, uh, Miami. We're going to do it big in Miami. Then I'm doing it in Phoenix and Scottsdale. So, uh, man, well, I'm going to be all over moving. In you, you coming you know, to L.A.? Like, I mean, you coming to visit yeah. me in L.A.? What's, what's going on with it's L.A.? Fun. Sure, yeah, we're going to do L.A. too, man, for sure. We got to hit it and do it there, too, but we're going to be all over, you know, moving around, and then we're going to shoot, we're gonna shoot the video uh, for the song down in Miami, but we hitting the spots, man. I've been, um, you know, I'm hitting them, all the different cities, and uh, performing and doing a single CD release 
for it, man. And we're just going to keep it moving, going into the summer pool parties. You know, I've been asking yeah, yeah, to do that's stuff what I'm talking about. at the pool parties in, in, in Vegas and, and Scottsdale and Miami as well. So, um, yeah, man, we're going to be, I'm just going to be moving it around with, you know, with BMG and, uh, and Sony and, and moving around the country. And uh, but part of the proceeds are going toward, like I told you, the men's of veterans and military, the charity for mental health and wellness as well. So, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to be great, man, and stuff. So, um, and then I wanted to let you know too, man, let you hear about a project they put me on to be a producer with a day and a great Damien Elliott. Damien Elliott is a Grammy winning producer, produced Marmalade for Pink and all them. He's done Pink and uh, Mariah and a bunch of people. He's Dion Warwick's son. And they brought me in about a month ago to, as a producer and feature on this new record called Let There Be Light. It's like the We Are The World. His mom is Dion Warwick, who helped to co-write with the We Are The World with mm-hmm. Lionel Richie mm-hmm. and, and, and Michael Jackson and, and Quincy Jones and Stevie. So um, they they brought me in for this Let There Be Light. And so we, I've been producing. So right now we got Kaya Flats on the song. Uh, Kaya, I'm sorry, Kaya Jones of Pussycat Dolls, uh, uh, Rascal Flats, Billy Ray Cyrus, Dion Warwick, Gladys Knight. We got Maya, Carlos Santana. Wow. wow. Uh, like, like, yeah, man. It's I'm an all star team. So it comes out. Yeah, yeah, man. Big, big artists on it, man. And Mike Tyson kicks off. Uh, talking about it. Um, he's reading. I got other ball players and celebs. I'm going to have Tyrone Lua, the, uh, my man of the Clippers, the coach. They're going to read it and it's called Let There Be Light and it's going to be raised. Kicked off Lindsay Lohan's uh, uh, dad with um, uh, Dion Warwick and Damon Elliott, her son, wanted to she, they wanted to do something like they did for We Are The World, which they raise money for famine, but raise it for the problem in this country with the opiate addiction Yes. to the kids and to the youth and the, the veterans. And so they're going to be donating proceeds to those veterans. So I'm just glad to be a part of it, man, and to be produced, you know, as a guy to come in and be asked to produce and be on it, you know, of such a big record with that's all these awesome. names. That's so that's what my demand, that's why I've been so crazy, man, in the studio, because I've been like everywhere, my own stuff. And then, you know, working on records like this with, you know, iconic names, you know, something like this, you know, as a producer and stuff. No, that's that's uh, definitely that's that's definitely time consuming, man. So I got to ask you, how can the yeah. public stalk you? Where can they find you on social media so they could follow you and everything you're doing? Oh man, you can go to at B Taylor official on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at B Taylor official. And if you want to learn about, you know, my nonprofit event, the whole story, Motown, you can go to B Taylor.com and, you know, just expect to take a couple hours to go through the website. Cause I got a lot to me with the Motown story and my music and the military side and what I'm doing, but you can find me at uh, B Taylor official. Um, on all four, all, all platforms, and man, just and uh, let let it, and I just let everyone know this is me for real. This is no facade of trying to be some guy in Hollywood, you know, trying to make things off of military. For anybody that knows me, and you know, from Quest, you know, from a label to celebs, they know from day one I've been about my troops and vets since I got out because the Navy was so gracious to me to allow me and open these opportunities for me to be able to live a dream that I never would have ever dreamed of doing. So when you see me coming, this is, and see me doing all these things, it's not a game. 
I eat and breathe troops and veterans and their families. I eat and breathe it. And I'm until I, the day I die, I'm going to represent them on the entertainment platform. Because when I left USO and I was leaving out of there and guys was getting shipped out and I never forget this, man, they were sitting there and those guys was talking to me and they was like, Hey B, you got a chance to go in football and do music. If you use those platforms, don't let the American people forget about us. Cause some of us might not come home. Man. We might not come home. If we do come home, we might be wounded or messed up. Please use that platform because you have the chance. Never let them forget about me. And that stuck with me since 2000, you know, and five and six in the heat, you know, when I was getting ready and going. And so it stuck with me. And I said, you know what, when I get out and the Navy allows me to do this with what they're doing, I'm going to use this platform and I'm going to make this country and everybody appreciate why we are here because it's people that have done things, you know, since the beginning, done more than me and served this country and given their lives, you know, to sacrifice and do this every single day when no time is off. So it's my duty as an ambassador and advocate. It's my job, you know, to represent them in entertainment. And if you know I'm coming through the door for any company or any business or any record, I'm coming in, but you better know that I'm, yes, the music thing, but I got a bigger cause. And if you come in to work with me, everything we're going to do is there's going to be some form of support to our military and our veterans and their families that sacrifice and less than 1% that wear this uniform for our freedom. So that's what I'm about, Alexander. That's B. Taylor. That's B. Taylor in a nutshell. Dude, well, thank you so much, B. Taylor, for being for for your service to this country and what you continue to do for our our military. You know, our our the the men and women that serve past, present, present, and future. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the music that you're giving us and the more music that you're going to be bringing to us. Thanks again for being on the Xander Effect. Hope to have you on the show again very soon, man. Yes, sir, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, y'all got to check out my man, Xander, man. He's that dude. He's that dude, man. You got to get with him. Got to get with him. (laughs) Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. Up next, we got B. Taylor featuring Joe Brown. It's (laughs) on me right here on the Xander Effect. Yeah, you did. They ain't believe it, though. (laughs) One life. Same game, be telling. What up? Woo! So we kick it like this kickball. Power couple. She dripping in that Dulce Gabbana. They want to touch her. Everybody know that's do, girl. What you going to do about it? Me and her take on the world. Now that's a true rider. And she be on single. Nah, in her own class. Hella book smart. I be grabbing on a real life. Since it's on me, I'm going to put it on you. Sipping on the best of the best. We playing taboo. Care City 305. I'm a dirty baby. Help you with your homework. Now we getting dirty, baby. Drinking dirty slipper, baby. Got a new tiptoeing. Because I made the right moves. Got a new she be in my lap snoring, I should call you FaceTime But I got respect for her, I'ma spy your face now I never poke a big dog, we be hella outside Never have a side to choose, cause it's only one side Step right up to the VIP yeah. The IP, VIP yeah, yeah. Don't wait, cause tonight's on me It's on me, baby, it's all on me We them bad, bad boys All you ladies ain't got no damn choice I said me and do bad, bad boys A-A flow where them girls at Yo, yo, 
shop where them girls at. Didn't dig money where them girls at. I'm trying to party where them girls at. Cause after the party, it's the after party. After the party to my hotel lobby. After the lobby to five in the morning. It's just me and you. There's only you one side. Step right up to the VIP. Yeah, the IP. That was B. Taylor, Do Brown, It's On Me, right here on the Xander Effect. Thank you so much, B. Taylor, for being on the show, man. Uh, it was a pleasure interviewing you, and I hope to hear many more hits coming from you, man, because that song right there, oh, dude, that song, first time I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to be a very, very, like, a very hot song, especially for the clubs. So it's out now, and make sure you go ahead and look for it because it's an awesome song. In sports, looks like Chuck Liddell has definitely an open door to get into the WWE. As I reported, uh, you know, a few episodes ago, it seems that Chuck Liddell has retired, officially retired from MMA, uh, and he, but he still has that itch that many of these MMA athletes have that they still want to go ahead and, you know, they still want to be physical, they still want to go ahead and and practice a sport that's similar to MMA, but not as. Uh, not as taxing on the body which doesn't make any sense because he wants to get into the WWE and that takes a toll on the on the body too especially at 50 years old I mean I gotta give props to the Iceman because he wants to he still wants to go ahead and and do the damn thing and he wants to do it in a very physical sport which is which is wrestling and so far uh, Vince, Vince McMahon's son uh, Shane McMahon was seen coming out of Craig's in LA by uh, TMZ Z crew, and they asked him about you know Chuck Liddell coming into uh, coming into the WWE, and Shane's very you know Shane Shane said that he's pretty much welcome to come through. Uh, he said, "quote I know Chuck very well, so all he has to do is give me a ring." I'd love to do that with Chuck. That'd be awesome. So that right there in and of itself is already an open door for Chuck Liddell to come to the WWE. Uh, that, you know, that's something that uh, that I think many fans would gravitate towards. I mean, I'll be honest. I kind of, you know, WWE for me has gotten a little bit, yeah, a little bit, uh, it hasn't been easy to watch. 
and uh, I've kind of strayed away from it for a while. I used to be a, a, a really avid uh, wrestling fan for many years, but it's the the platforms changed uh, ever since they got rid of the Attitude Era. It's been kind of not, you know, it's it hasn't been something for me to want to watch, to be honest. But hearing that Chuck Liddell might actually uh, go to the WWE, and also hearing about uh, about uh, Tito Ortiz also playing with the with the idea and the notion of going into the WWE that might make things a little bit interesting because that would be really cool to have a rivalry between the two of them in the WWE seeing as they already had a rivalry in MMA that would definitely be something for me to want to watch so uh, yeah I'm going to keep an eye on that and if that actually ends up happening then I'll be tuning right back into the w- to watching WWE again because that would be really entertaining to watch uh, aside from that they, they still ask Shane McMahon whether or not Wrestlemania is going to uh, is going to happen due to you know what's going on with the coronavirus and everything so far Shane McMahon and the rest of the WWE seem optimistic that they're still going to hold Wrestlemania however However, the the Florida officials in the county where they're trying to do the the WrestleMania show in Tampa Bay, uh, they're they're very, getting very close to shutting that down actually due to uh, the growing health concerns and everything that's going on. So who knows? This might be the first time in history that WrestleMania might actually be canceled and we may not see a WrestleMania this year or we might see it, but we might see it. uh, There was rumors that it might be uh, moved into the summertime. So who knows what's going to happen up next? I have the, my report on call of duty Warzone, the brand new, uh, the brand new download expansion that came out this week. And I got to tell you, it is an awesome, awesome download. But first here, here is Karen Lowe's body right here on the Xander Effect.
no special concern is you might be trying to stop me. So good to me, like a goddess of beauty. Just want the chance to be the one you want to see. All the time I can spend with you and never get. I know if we can be more than just friends, I will please you, baby. Never teach you, lady. All I have to be yours, you know I want it. Let me come and get it. Karen Lowe's body right here on the Xander Effect. In video game news, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Warzone is absolutely incredible. I mean, this game has got so much in it. It's just, it's just awesome. I play, I've been playing it. Uh, I've kind of, kind of a little addicted to it, to be honest with you. And uh, here's a the couple. There's a few things that they decided to add uh, in this new patch and this new download. They added uh, search and rescue. They added mayhem mosh pit, 10v10 uh, grind, drop zone, and cranked. And they decided to remove boots on the ground war. Uh, they added a new shotgun, shotgun called the VLK Rogue. And they fixed a bunch of other uh, issues, including uh, they actually uh, they decided to increase damage to juggernauts when being hit by a thermite crossbow uh and they had added a whole bunch of uh new things on on, new uh small fixes and stuff like that to the game but this game is i gotta tell you it's it's amazing and although people are obviously uh they're 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 a lot of uh these these uh, game companies are trying to mimic, in a sense, uh, PUBG and Fortnite uh, and all these other all these other uh, you know uh, games. This one, you know, it does kind of like have a little bit of a PUBG feel to it. You do get dropped from a plane uh, into this uh, into uh, this this huge. I mean, I'm talking when I say huge, I'm talking about the map is massive, uh, and they drop you in a city called uh, Verdansk or Verdast, something like that. I I'm, I might be uh, mispronouncing that, um, but they drop you. Um, they drop you in Verdansk, and you, I mean, in, in 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 Battle Royale, it's a lot similar to PUBG. You have to go and find different weapons. It's it's only a three-player, it's a three-team uh, uh, mode, both modes, actually, which is Plunder and uh, and uh, and uh, Battle Royale are only allowed three people per player, which is pretty similar to, to how they had Blackout last year uh, in, in the other Call of Duty, and also how PUBG had and everything they need to fix that they should have at least four people in the game because you know that's that's how they have it in uh in the regular multiplayer they have you know four or five people or six people in a in a in a team so they i mean they should go ahead and try to like at least extend it to at least four maybe not six because that's too much but at least four so 
basically you get dropped from a plane and the and the animation of the of the plane of the intro to the to the game mode is really cool actually it's a huge jumbo jet that pops out of uh, the clouds and it zooms into the uh into the back of the cargo part of the plane where you're about to get dropped so that's a pretty cool little animation that gets the game started get, gets the game going for you so you get to drop in every any single part of this ginormous map and just like in PUBG, you have to find your weapons you have to find yourself uh, different types of uh, things uh, in order to be able to survive and uh, like I said before in my last uh, in my last uh, in, in the last episode about Call of Duty is that there is a gas that keeps on closing in on you so you have to be the, the last lone survivors now what's really cool about this is that if you get killed uh, you don't get killed in the game you actually get captured which is really interesting what happens is that you get captured and you get placed in some sort of a prison cell now you stay in this prison cell for like a, uh, for like a couple of, for a few seconds before you get thrown into what looks like uh, the showers of this of this prison and you you're given a handgun that's all you have is just a handgun and I think possibly like a flash grenade or a grenade or something like that those are the only two weapons you have uh, because it's a it's a it's a game within a game so what you do is you have to survive you have to be the lone survivor in this kind of a kind of like a you know, uh, uh, you know, kill, you know, uh, versus kill type of thing, uh, you know, which basically last man, it's a last man standing mini game that they added into the, into, uh, Battle Royale. And if you survive that, you're able to respawn back into the map of Battle Royale. If you don't, then you can't respawn at all. And I think what ends up happening is that your team has to, uh, to get you back in I believe that's that's one of the things that's the only way you're able to get back in but they have to find a chest in order to go ahead and pay to get you back in uh, in plunder in plunder it's actually a different story in plunder what happens there is you're actually able to come back and the difference between plunder and battle royale is that you could actually take your loadouts now if you have previous loadouts in your uh, in multiplayer you could take those loadouts with you into plunder now plunder what it, what it's about is that you have to go ahead and grab uh, you have to grab uh, uh, money and the team with the most money uh, deposited wins the game they they place or whatever and you have to like the 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 most money the the top money that you're supposed to like get together is uh is is actually um is actually a million dollars and that's 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 the money you're supposed to go ahead and gather now the team that gets the closest to that million is the team that obviously places first in the entire game on uh, in this part however like you don't if you get killed or captured the cool part is that you just come back into the game you don't like have that that mini game where you're in the prison or anything like that um but you just get to come back you get dropped back uh towards wherever your team is and you get to keep on going you do lose money however you lose like i think five thousand say for example if you have twenty five thousand you lose five thousand or, or, or you lose half of what you got is pretty much what it is so if it's 50 um actually it's not five thousand you lose half of what you of what you earned so if it's fifty thousand it goes down 25,000 and so on so 
it's a really cool both of them are really really cool modes that i would recommend to anybody make sure you go ahead and check out the new call of duty warzone dlc available right now uh, on all platforms that's it for the xander effect and that is the news in case you haven't heard it uh thank you so much for listening and remember everyone stay safe out there and remember love and music will always heal despair we'll see you next time live it up be taylor flow rider live it up The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc. BMG and Sony Music The Orchard in association with Art19 Media.